with you each Friday morning. We start off the show by speaking to our friends at 4SA, that's Freedom of Religion South Africa. 4SA is a legal advocacy organization which works to protect and promote your constitutional right to religious freedom in South Africa. And this morning we are joined by our friend Daniela Ellebeck, who is an attorney of the High Court of South Africa. She serves as a parliamentary liaison. She's a graduate from Rhodes University and she has specialized in litigation. Daniela, it's great to have you on the show this morning. Unmute myself, that will also help. <laughs> Good morning. It's a pleasure to be talking to you and your listeners. Well, this, I, I understand that this morning we're going to be talking about the prevention of hate crimes and combating of hate speech bill, uh, the hate speech bill. And uh, my understanding is that there's been a number of meetings over the last couple of weeks. Uh, maybe, first of all, what happened at these meetings? What, why is this important? Why is this a, a topic of conversation this morning, Daniela? <laughs> So, Mark, as listeners will know, uh, this hate speech bill has been coming along for quite a while, um, starting out in the Department of Justice, where we first got a chance to give in public comments on it. Um, and as a result of the religious community's comments, the Department of Justice included a religious exemption clause, um, which in 4SA's belief obviously isn't wide enough, but I'm sure we'll get to that. But... Um, the bill has since been tabled in Parliament and is now slowly working its way through both Houses of Parliament. Regular listeners might remember that we've spoken about the legislative process before. So it starts off in the Department, then goes to the First House of Parliament, then goes to the Second House, and it passes both Houses. It goes to the President to be signed into law. So this bill is currently still in the First House of Parliament. And during the last two meetings, which happened on Friday last week, so the 4th of November, and Tuesday this week, so the 8th of November, the main concern from Parliament's members serving on the Justice Committee that's working on this bill um, were raised. And the concern centered around the hate speech aspect of the bill, because as the bill's name alludes, the bill deals with two aspects, uh, hate crimes and hate speech. And while the hate crimes aspect is disputed by some members of Parliament, it is not as controversial as the hate speech aspect, which essentially um, proposes criminalizing certain forms of speech in the country. Mm. So, um, <clears throat> and that is why the hate speech aspect is controversial. And a crime that the department currently in the version of the bill that was presented last week, Friday on the 4th, is proposing that you should go to jail for up to eight years for. Um, so it's quite a hefty crime uh, that, we, that we're seeing as being proposed. And Friday's meeting saw the department present its input to Parliament on some of the issues that had been raised in previous meetings. Well, maybe flesh out for us a little bit more, Daniela, in terms of uh, what the main concerns that members of Parliament have raised uh, regarding the hate speech bill or aspects of the hate speech bill. So, notably, these issues included the vast number of listed grounds proposed for one to be found guilty of the crime of hate speech for, something the department admitted that Parliament should carefully consider in light of the Section 36 factors in the Constitution to ensure that the bill is constitutional. So, for listeners, um, whenever a right that's enshrined in the Bill of Rights in the Constitution is proposed to be limited, it can only be done by a law that applies to everyone in the country. And only if that law meets certain factors set out in Section 36 of the Constitution. 
So basically, Section 36 is the criteria that the state needs to prove when it wants to limit a constitutional right, So, such as the right to freedom of expression in this instance. And if the state fails to uh, pass its Section 36 test, then the law is unconstitutional and illegal. Daniela, what happened at the meeting on Tuesday? Because uh, there was a second meeting. Am I right? It was the second meeting on Tuesday. The first one was on the 4th. So there's been a couple of meetings, but these were the two most recent ones. And what happened um, in this week's meeting on Tuesday is that two members, Honorable Horn from the DA and Honorable Maseko Jelia from the ANC, presented their submissions on the bill to Parliament and the Department. Honorable Horn's submission, amongst other things, looked at the need for empirical evidence that the current laws are not working sufficiently in order to justify the criminalization of hate speech, which our constitutional court, our country's highest court, said should only be criminalized as a last resort. Um, so part of his submission was that, look, for the Section 36 test, you need to show as evidence that the current laws aren't working. Because one of the criteria that the state needs to prove um, in a Section 36 test is that there's no lesser means to achieve its ends. And then Honorable Maseko Jele's submission focused on the need for skin color in addition to race to be a ground for hate speech. Well, okay, but based on everything, uh, all those meetings, what are some of the, the main causes of concern that 4SA has identified in terms of this bill? So Mark Forza has been very concerned about this bill from the very beginning. Um, obviously when it started out, the very first version of the bill in the Department of Justice um, started out without even a religious exemption clause. And because hate speech was defined and remains defined quite broadly, and we'll get to that, um, that would have seen religious speech, amongst other things, um, being criminalized. And he would go to jail for, back then, I think it was five years for a first offense and 10 years for a second offense. I speak under correction, but that was the very first version of the bill. Current working version, we're just seeing a blank at eight years. Um, and I mean, our concerns remain because even in the version of the bill currently in front of parliament that they're working on, the crime of hate speech is overboard. So a primary concern that 4SA has is that the current definition of hate speech in the bill criminalizes speech that can cause any emotional, psychological, physical, social, cultural, economic harm. And bear in mind that the bill defines victim as a natural or juristic person. So it doesn't have to be a human being. A human being doesn't have to be the victim. A company can also be a victim of hate speech. Um, that severely undermines the human dignity of the individual or group that the speech is targeted against. So I fail to see how a company can be, uh, can, can have severely undermined human dignity or be part of a group. Um, but that is the bill that we're dealing with. And that promotes and propagates hatred against them. So we see that the bill has two elements of the crime of hate speech, one being a very wide definition of harm, because social and cultural harm are new concepts in criminal law, are new concepts in civil law, and what they mean, no one knows. Um, and any harm, so any emotional harm, so I say something that offends you, I have qualified the first element, I've completed the first element, um, and I'm halfway there to being found guilty. And promotes and propagates hatred is undefined in the bill. So the second element is undefined. So we're sitting with a very wide first element, undefined second element, and you go to jail for eight years. And this is very concerning. So the fact that the bill has been 
changed to require both elements to be present. It is an improvement because the very first version said or. So if you if, you're, if you caused any harm, mm. you would have been going to jail. So it's nice that, you know, it's an improvement that we now need both elements, but it doesn't fix the problem. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it remains deeply forward. And the first part is obviously the very broad over, uh, over broad definition of harm that goes much further than what the constitutional court defined harm as in a civil matter last year that deals with hate speech. So in terms of our law, in terms of the Equality Act, hate speech is already prohibited, mm. but that will see you fined or told to apologize or a number of other creative solutions and things that the court can order you to do. Uh, you're not going to go to jail. It's not a crime. Uh, you're not going to get a criminal record. But this bill obviously wants to criminalize that. And yet its definition of harm is much broader than the Equality Act's definition of harm. So it's it's easier to go to jail under this bill than to be ordered to apologize under the Equality Act. So that is very concerning. Um, and this is especially so because the bill criminalizes the distribution and display of hate speech while only providing narrow grounds for exemption that seem to be quite circular in reasoning. Um, I mean, essentially, the bill says you're guilty of hate speech unless it's not hate speech. Yes. That's, that's kind of the exemption grounds. Um, and so these exemption grounds are very limited. They apply to artists. So again, you're guilty of hate speech as an artist unless it's not hate speech. Academics, same thing. Journalists, same thing. And religious people, same thing. Um, and this is where the religious freedom concerns come in because obviously the concern is that the bill's current form can be weaponized to target, arrest, prosecute, and even imprison people of faith and people professing traditional views that are no longer politically correct. Because let's not forget the wide number of prohibited grounds that you can be found mm, guilty of, mm. which include um, various controversial grounds, such as sexual orientation, gender identity, and so forth. Um, and these are, you know, grounds that people of faith have very traditional faith beliefs on, such as a God created as male and female, that, you know, gender and biological sex are um, not divorced from one another, uh, traditional views on marriage and so forth. And um, this, you know, this use of hate speech laws to target people of faith is the case um, what's happened in several European countries. And, you know, although there are, there isn't a religious exemption clause, um, this clause, like I've said, isn't strong enough to guarantee an individual's right to freedom of religious expression. And because of the way it's drafted, it's been interpreted multiple ways, even by the same people. Um, so it is, it's very concerning. Um, yeah. And, I mean, the important thing is, is that if, let's look at some of the examples, you know, if um, I cause any emotional, psychological, physical, social, cultural, economic harm to a natural or juristic person, you know, that subjectively undermines the human dignity and uh, of the targeted individual group, what, is, what does that mean? Does that mean that if I post on Facebook that we should boycott uh, Woolworths because they stock tomatoes from Israel. I don't know if this is still the case, but anyway. Um, okay, so now I am causing economic harm 
to a company based on ethnicity and and um, race should is that is that hate speech? Am I going to jail for eight years? Or what if I write an article, an op-ed in the newspaper and um, I say, look, I believe that bathrooms should be segregated according to biological sex because of the high instance of GBV in this country and men who identify as women shouldn't be allowed to use that. Um, am I, I mean, that's any emotional uh, um, harm to people who have a different gender identity. Um, am I promoting and propagating hatred against them? Because that's an undefined element. So I'm asking for their exclusion. So am I going to jail for ages? So it's, it's very concerning, this ball. I, I mean, even as you're talking, I, I understand the concern. I mean, this is very relevant. I was uh, reading a news article uh, yesterday um, on the South African news service I use, and uh, it was very clear that hate speech is the topic of our day, even right now. It's the conversation that's uh, that's in vogue. It's uh, it's in the news media. It's being considered, um, and and as I think of the future, the reality is the 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 cultural wars have come to our shores, um, and there's going to need to be necessary debate on all manner of issues um, as we figure out as a society how we're going to respond to a number of issues that are that are contemporary issues world over. The reality is you effectively might end up muzzling one side of the conversation just by virtue of these incredibly stringent laws that don't allow you to say anything in terms of your faith, your belief, and your practice, and your aspirations, even for your country. Oh, exactly, and that is very concerning, because that's why freedom of expression is an entrenched and fundamental right, because it's so important for a democracy to function. And I mean, Mark, let's just think about this. Let's say we have an interview on something controversial, and you share that on Facebook. We're all going to jail. In terms of this ball. <laughs> okay, well, Peter so and I can, is, that, can, that can share not... a cell. We're going to be talking about theology until uh, Jesus comes again. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's um, I mean, this ball's very, very concerning. Yes. Um, and so, I mean, the, the important question is what happens next? Because like I've said, we've yeah. had public comments in front of the department, which allowed for a religious exemption clause to be included. We've then had public comments in front of Parliament, and they're now working through all of this, including allowing the political parties to make comments on the bill. So, I mean, what happens next? Um, it's our understanding from Tuesday's meeting that the EFF is also going to present a submission on the bill. Because remember, we now had a submission from the DA, and we've had a submission from the ANC's Honourable Maseko Jele um, at the last meeting. So the next meeting, I believe the EFF is going to also uh, present a submission. And the next meeting is currently set down for next week, Friday, the 18th at 9.30. And for those viewers and listeners who are interested, as always, for us, I will share the YouTube live stream um, of the meeting on our Facebook channel um, or on our Facebook page, Freedom of Religion SA, as soon as it's available. Again, the bill's not currently open for public comment. Um, it was open for public comment. It's closed. Um, it's currently being considered by Parliament. But for us, it will continue to monitor the process and alert listeners as soon as um, there is a chance for comment again. Daniela, you guys have been sharing a couple of these uh, legalese proceedings on your YouTube channel, and I've watched a couple of them. So I, I watched a, 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 a kind of a... 
I was going to say Law and Order, but that's a TV show. Uh, I watched a, I watched a, a, a trial. Uh, I guess it wasn't a trial. It was a, a conversation with a judge and, and a couple of um, lawyers representing both sides a while back, a couple of months ago. I found it totally fascinating. I mean, it doesn't work, look at all like what you see on TV. Um, it, it, I mean, incredibly astute people speaking on both sides of the argument, L- loved listening to the argumentation and the and the rhetoric from both sides um, and I would imagine some exposure to what happens in Parliament and how standing committees and sitting committees and other um, uh, stuff happens will be interesting to watch I, I tend to do it on my day off on a Monday uh, I push play while I'm while I'm in my uh, uh, while I'm in my garage doing a bit of woodwork um, and uh, listen to uh, podcasts and these kinds of things in the background but I have found it really really interesting and I do want to encourage those of you who are listening in this morning and are interested in getting involved in one of a diverse number of ways sometimes getting involved is filling in a petition sometimes it's making a submission on various different bills that are coming up sometimes it's watching a youtube um, conversation that's happening in parliament whatever it might be i would encourage you to head over to the foisa website that's foisa.org.za and there you can find all manner of links to various different things that they have uh, videos um, information and newsletters that you can sign up Uh, up to. Uh, You can also follow them on Facebook, uh, follow them on or subscribe to them on YouTube and uh, find their, I think you guys have an Instagram account or is it a Twitter account that you've recently uh, engaged on? Twitter. Let's go with Twitter. Great stuff. Well, Daniela, as always, thank you very much for the work that you do and for the way that you keep us informed in terms of the rolling conversation between the church and the state. Really do appreciate it. Mark, thank you so much for the opportunity uh, to talk to you and your listeners. Um, It's a real privilege. Well, every blessing to you for the rest of the day.